0: Raise your hand if you're excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking all about driving traffic to your e-commerce store. And this is an important episode because what I've seen across most e-commerce entrepreneurs that aren't quite hitting their goals, it's because they just need more qualified traffic. And I say qualified because that's the really important part. People who actually want to buy a product like yours Today, we're going to run through both paid and organic ways to drive traffic for both new and repeat customers. I'm also going to reference a few other episodes for you to listen to, to either go deeper or help you figure out where you should get started. And of course, all of those links will be in the show notes, so you can just scroll down in your podcast player to grab them. The first of those episodes is number 10, acquisition versus retention. This will help you figure out what percentage of your effort should be focused where. And when it comes to deciding between paid and unpaid methods, ask yourself, do you have more time or money? Then ask if you need it fast or you're willing to wait a bit for results. Here's the deal. You don't get fast and cheap, at least not sustainably. And I don't tell you this to discourage you, just to manage your expectations. And when it comes to driving traffic or just e-commerce in general, there is no silver bullet. No one strategy or tactic is going to be the thing that revolutionizes your business. You're going to want to implement a mix of these and consistently to see real results. Now, one last thing before we hop into the methods, I want to do a little math with you before you do anything in your business. It's super helpful to have a goal. And driving traffic to your site is no different. When you know what you're trying to achieve, it becomes easier to decide what to do next. So let's run through a quick example together, and then you can go and do this calculation for your own business. The goal of this is to know how much traffic you need in order to hit your ultimate revenue goals. So the first number you'll need is the revenue goal. For this exercise, we're going to say you're doing 600k a year in your business and you want to increase that by 20%, which means you need to add an additional $120,000. Now, of course, you can get that additional 120 revenue through things like increasing your AOV and your conversion rate. But for today's purposes, we're just going to focus on traffic. Next, we're going to need your conversion rate and your average order value. So let's say your conversion rate is 2% and your AOV is $75. You with me so far? So AOV is 75, conversion rate is 2%, and we need to calculate how much traffic you'll need to earn $120,000 additional dollars. So, first up, we have to figure out how many transactions we'll need, which in this case is 120 divided by 75, and that's going to give us 1600 transactions. Now, with a conversion rate of 2%, how much traffic do we need to get those 1600 transactions? So, you'll want to take 1600 and divide it by 2%. That gives us 80,000. So we'll need 80,000 more sessions to get our 1600 transactions at an average of $75 that will give us our $120,000 in revenue. Now, if you've listened to episode 41, setting and accomplishing goals like a badass, you know, I love to break down goals as much as possible to make them feel more manageable and give ourselves quicker wins along the way. So when you're setting revenue goals, this is no different. Let's make sure we're breaking this down by month or quarter, especially with the natural ebbs and flows of retail. It's likely you can make up the majority of this during your big holidays versus an even amount each month. But I do want to break it down a bit today so an increase like this doesn't sound as scary. In fact, if you break down that traffic and orders over the year, it's only 219 sessions and four to five orders per day. And like I mentioned, you don't necessarily have to do that all through traffic. Even a slight increase in conversion or AOV can make a significant impact on your revenue goal. Okay, enough with the math. Let's get into this. So first up is SEO and search engine optimization. This is a very misunderstood strategy that most entrepreneurs think is reserved for big business. And yes, there are companies that spend tens of thousands of dollars on SEO strategy, my previous day job being one of them, but that doesn't mean you can't benefit from it too. The first thing is to understand that Google's main goal is to serve up results that satisfy the user's search query as accurately and quickly as possible. And that SEO is just the process of making it Easier for Google and all the other search engines to understand what your website is about, who it's for, and what you sell. That's really all it is. So, I'm going to give you a few quick things you can do to get started to optimize your website, and then I'll give you a couple other episodes to go listen to. First is your page and collection titles. When you're creating collections of your products, think about the terms your customer will use when searching for a product like yours. Keep it clear over clever. Your alt tags, which are the tags on your images, right? This is for Google specifically because it can't read images. It's also for the visually impaired who use screen readers and will be read the alt tag instead of the image, And then if an image doesn't load for some reason, that alt tag will be shown visually as well. So when you're adding your alt tags, you want to keep them unique and descriptive and don't stuff them with keywords. Then you have your meta titles and descriptions. This is the little snippet of text that shows in the Google search results. And it's more for the user than Google. And this is often the deciding factor of why someone would click your result over someone else's. So make sure they're enticing and click worthy. Your product names. Now, in general, it's going to be harder to rank for specific products versus collections if you have a wide assortment. But if you have evergreen products that you always replenish into, then your product names are going to be pretty important. Make sure your product name is descriptive and using words your customer would use to find it. Let's also talk about your navigation menu. This sets the hierarchy for your website. So make sure it's easy for your customers to find what they're looking for and think about how they would shop. And the names of your links should be clear and speak to the products they'll find when they click the link into the collection. Also under SEO is blogging. Yes, blogging. No, it's not dead. And yes, it is important and helpful for a product-based business. The trick here is to become a resource for the customer that is looking for a product like yours. I'm going to give you a few quick tips here, but check out episode 12 to learn a bit more about this whole process. And it's a great strategy for both new and repeat customers. So the first step is to install Google Analytics and Google Search Console on your site. This will ensure that you can monitor your results and get insight into how your site is performing for the keywords that you're targeting through these blog posts. And then you want to identify long tail keywords your ideal customer is using to find a product like yours. And long tail just means three or more words. So instead of trying to rank for face moisturizer, you'll focus on face moisturizer for extra dry skin. So you can do this by searching places like Google, Pinterest, and YouTube. Look at what suggestions come up as you're typing because those are generated by the algorithms based on what other people are searching related to that topic. You can also use Google Keyword Planner, Google Trends, and my favorite place, Answer the Public. A great trick is to figure out what the top ranking results are in Google for the keywords you want to target, and then create blog content that's 10 times better than those top ranking results. You want this content to be long form, 2,000 words or more and answer your user's question in detail. Include images and links to relevant products on your website and external links where appropriate to cite sources of your info. When you're formatting these blog posts, it's really important you make it easy for your users. Use headings throughout your post to explain the hierarchy of the information. For example, the title of your post will be your H1 tag, The main points of your article will be H2 and the supporting ideas of your H2s will be H3. And lastly, make sure you're sharing your content on your social channels and in your emails to get the first set of eyes on that content and start showing Google that people are interested in what you have to say. Like all SEO initiatives, it might take a few months before you see traction, but that doesn't mean it's not working. Sharing your content will help speed up the process a bit, so don't be shy about getting it out there. And if you have the opportunity to get in front of a high-authority website that wants to link back to you, even better. If you want to learn more about blogging for e check out episode 45 of the podcast. Let's talk about social media. And when I'm talking social media, I do kind of mean Pinterest and YouTube, even though they're not actually social media platforms, they're search engines. But when it comes to free traffic, social is one of your best options. But you should not build your entire business on social media. You don't own the platforms, the content, or the followers, and it could all go away at any moment. But it's still a viable option for growing awareness and traffic to your site. Like any marketing channel, make sure you're making it about your customer and to be social have a conversation with your people on these platforms the most important part of this is to make sure you're choosing the right platform you want to be where your target customer is already hanging out if you're targeting baby boomers you're going to be better off on facebook than instagram but for diy'ers and crafters you're going to want a presence on pinterest in terms of content here are a few ways you can take advantage of social media to sell your product try-on sessions, and product demonstrations. If you're selling clothing, getting someone on video to walk the customer through the items you sell, trying them on different body types, and offering styling advice to mimic the in-store experience is really powerful. If you're selling something that requires instructions, a product review or demonstration video is a perfect way to answer questions and overcome objections before the customer even has them. If you're not sure how to talk about your products, take some time to watch the Home Shopping Network and QVC. Seriously, they know how to sell products. You'll see how they touch and feel it while they talk about it, and they talk about the fabric and what it feels like to the touch. Remember, your customers can't touch, feel, or try on when they're shopping online, so the more you can recreate that experience for them, the better. This leads me into the next option, which is actual live sales. Create an event and give them a reason to shop live with you. Whether you're sharing new arrivals or clearing out at the end of the season, generate an active way for your followers to shop with you. Make sure you have good lighting and you represent the product well. You can use a program like Comment Sold or just have an assistant post links in the comments to the items you're selling. With events like this, whether it's a true live sale or just product demonstrations, I would pick a regular interval to do them so people get in the habit of showing up. Make sure you're hyping up the event through all your marketing channels and make it special and exciting for them. This is a great opportunity to hook up with complimentary businesses as well and get in front of other people's audiences. And while you can of course do giveaways to grow your email list, this is going to attract a lot of freebie seekers and less qualified traffic. But if you can partner up with some complimentary brands and do things like email marketing shout outs or order inserts, joint live sales, or special bundles you put together with your products. And I really love the bundle idea because you're specifically selling a product at a discounted price That is giving the customer the opportunity to experience an actual product from all of the brands that are working together. And here's the thing about working with these other brands. Doing a one-off thing or event is unlikely to revolutionize your business, right? You have to do these things regularly to make an impact. Just like influencer marketing, which I'm going to talk about next, I'd rather see you have deeper relationships with fewer brands than have a bunch of one-off collaborations. People need to see your stuff seven to 10 times before they commit to making a purchase. So the more you can get in front of that audience, the better chance they'll actually convert. Influencer marketing. Okay. I know this gets a bit of a bad rap, but It's been shown to have an ROI of $6.50 for every dollar you put in. Now, it's not quite as good as email marketing, but it's pretty solid for a new customer acquisition strategy. In fact, it's 11 times more successful than traditional forms of digital marketing. And it's also been shown that 86% of women turn to social media before making a purchase. So having influencers vouching for your product is a good thing. I'm going to give you a few quick tips to get the most out of your next influencer campaign, but make sure you tune in to the next episode because I've got an expert in this as a guest on the show. First off, please choose your influencers wisely. Micro-influencers with strong engagement are more likely to lead to sales than those with millions of followers. Those big influencers will definitely give you a spike in traffic, but it's going to be a lot of looky-loos with no intention to buy. You'll also want to time it wisely. If you're launching a new product or a specific campaign, get the product to them early to give them time to create the content and work it into their calendar. Plan ahead so you can have all the influencers you're working with post about you at the same time. If you're targeting your influencers right, they'll likely have a lot of crossover audience, so they'll see you mentioned multiple times in a short window. And make sure you're setting these influencers up for success and giving them guidelines. Make sure they know what's important about your product, what your USP or your unique selling propositions are. They'll appreciate having a little guidance on what you want them to talk about and will ultimately make it Easier for them to create content around your product. And while you're giving them these guidelines, you also want to give them the freedom to create content that will resonate with their audience. So once you give them the guidelines on what's important about your product, give them creative autonomy. They know what works best for their audience, so don't be restrictive about what the content should look like. And lastly, use Google UTM links and coupon codes to track your results. And if you're not familiar with that, listen to episode 50 of the podcast to learn more about the Google UTM links and how to use them. Okay, let's talk about my favorite thing, email marketing. This is generally more of a retention strategy, but it's still really important for converting those first-time buyers, you know, those people that you're sending to your website with all of these other strategies. And when you're thinking about increasing your overall revenue and traffic, repeat traffic and purchases, they count too. And just to give you some stats, repeat customers tend to spend about 33% more than first-time customers. And email marketing overall has an average ROI of 40 to 1. So let's talk about some quick tips about email marketing, and then I'll give you some other episodes to go listen to where I go deeper on these. First up, trigger emails at each step in the customer journey, from when they first hit your site to when they abandon their car and when they haven't been back in a while. Set these up as automations so they work for you on autopilot. Remember to increase your sending volume at peak times. During the holidays like Black Friday and Cyber Monday, everyone is upping their frequency, so in order to stay top of mind and not get buried in the inbox, you should too. You can even send multiple emails per day during that time. If you do that, though, you'll want to make sure you're suppressing people who have already purchased, though you may want to include them in any last chance reminders at the end of your sale in case they forgot something. Another tip is to create special offers for different segments of your customers. Sending the same message to everyone on your list takes time, but it can be less effective. Try segmenting out customers who engage with your content regularly, but still haven't made a purchase. Give them an offer they can't refuse and see what happens. Because remember, the first purchase is the hardest one to get. And a really important part of email marketing is to make sure you're adding value Send more than just prompts to buy your product. No one wants to be sold to all the time. Share content about things they care about and are related to your product. And those blog posts I mentioned earlier, those are a great place to start. And my favorite tip is to resend your unread emails with a new subject line. When you consider that only a small portion of your list will open any given email, you're leaving money on the table if you only send that really awesome email once. If you want to learn more about email marketing for e-commerce, check out the following episodes. Number two, how to make money with email marketing. Number three, six must-have email automations. 31 and 32, which are non-salesy and product-focused email ideas for e-commerce. 43 is list building, and 44, how to create an email marketing calendar. Okay, so another way to drive traffic to your e-commerce store, word of mouth. Yep, it's not dead, and statistics show that 92% of people trust referrals from people they know. So it's time to encourage your existing customers to do the work for you. Think about it. How often have you discovered a brand or purchased something from them because you heard about them from a friend? Imagine if that friend had given you a promo code to get a discount off your first purchase with that company. Would you have been more likely to give them a chance? When we're strategizing for our e-commerce businesses, we have to put ourselves in the shoes of the consumer. Take off your CEO hat and put on your customer hat. How do you discover and try new brands? And word of mouth from people you trust is way more influential than any celebrity or random ad we see on the internet. So give your customers an easy way to tell all their friends about you. A referral program tied to your rewards program is the best way to do this. This works best when you're able to reward both the new customer and the one who referred them. The more customers they refer, the more they earn back, and it's a win-win for both of you. When you're deciding what to give away for each referral, take your customer lifetime value into account. If the average customer spends $500 over their lifetime shopping with you, how much are you willing to spend on acquiring that customer? Consider other incentives you give during the customer journey. For instance, if you have a welcome discount with your email sign up for 10%, you probably want this referral incentive to be a little bit more. Okay, so most of what we've talked about so far is technically free aside from the work you have to put into executing it. And of course, influencer marketing can be both paid or free. So let's talk about paid ads. Now... As you know, I am not an expert in the actual execution of ads, but I do know and understand the high-level strategy for them. So let's talk a bit about what's available to you and when they're right for your business. The biggest plus about paid ads is it's going to speed up your results. Organic and free options are amazing and you should definitely be using them, but they take a lot longer. The other thing I want you to remember about ads is that it's going to amplify what is already happening in your business, good or bad. So before you even think about starting ads, I recommend you have a proven product and your website converts. Now, if you're brand new, you may be thinking, but how can I prove product market fit and that my website converts if I have no traffic? And that's a valid argument. So if you've got some budget and know-how and you want to start putting some money behind ads to help you get things moving, that's totally fine. Just know that it's going to take time and testing before you get things right. And the less experienced you are, the longer that's going to take. Honestly, if you're going to start with ads early on, I would find some money to invest in someone who can either teach you or do it for you. And I hear a lot of people who start e-commerce businesses or maybe have had one for a bit, but it's not quite going as well as they'd hoped. And they're like, oh, but I don't have any money to invest. Here's the deal. If you're going to grow a business, any business, you have to invest. There's really no way around that. So if it's a side hustle when you're getting started, save some money from your day job to help fund the business until you can get it going. If you went all in on the business too soon, get a part-time job to help fund the business. Physical product-based businesses need investment. It doesn't have to be tens of thousands of dollars, but you're definitely going to need a little money to make things happen. And you need to look at it as an investment, not an expense, even ads, because the data and information that you're going to gather is going to be priceless. So let's talk more about this. There's two main types of paid advertising that you're likely going to focus on paid social or paid search paid social is where you're identifying audiences that are likely interested in your product and then interrupting their scrolling experience with ads paid search. On the other hand is where you're showing your product to people who are already searching for a product like yours. This is two very different angles and what's good for one business might not be great for another. Plus, depending on your business, you might not even be able to do social media ads. So if you're CBD or sex toys, for example, search ads are going to be your best bet. When you are doing ads, though, you've also got a couple of different audiences to consider, both cold audiences who have never heard of you and your warm or hot audiences who have already visited your website or made a purchase from you. The strategies you use at each of these stages in the buying journey are a little bit different, of course, so you'll want to take that into consideration. Now, if you've already been in business for a while and have some data, but you're just getting started with ads, remarketing is going to be your best bet. It's much cheaper than targeting cold traffic, and it's going to have a better conversion rate, which means an overall higher ROI. And since people need to see your product seven to 10 times before they take action, these remarketing ads can be one or more of those times. The other amazing thing you have to take advantage of are lookalike audiences, which are just cold audiences that ad platforms create based on the characteristics of your warm and hot audience. And the last thing around this is make sure you're using the data. It doesn't lie. So use it to assess the performance of your ads and make sure you're making adjustments and improvements along the way. Ads are a marathon, not a sprint. Last but not least is to get in front of people in real life. Brick and mortar, while it suffered because of COVID, is not going to die. And even during COVID, e still only accounted for a very small percentage of retail sales overall. Ultimately, there's nothing like getting the opportunity to be face-to-face with your ideal customer, especially when it means they can touch and feel your products, meet and connect with you as the business owner. And I encourage you to do this through video as much as possible, but there's just something about in-person that can't be replaced. Think about the last time you visited your favorite boutique. You casually browsed the racks, touched everything, tried clothes on in the fitting room and left there with a bag of goodies you already knew you loved and could wear right away. Oh, how I love that experience. The feeling someone gets when they shop in a store, the ability to touch and feel the product, to try it on, to get immediate feedback from an employee. You can't beat that. And it's really hard to mimic that experience online. So, whether it's a shopping event in your local area, a pop up shop in a boutique that carries your items, or an educational event that relates to your product, think about creative ways you can meet your customer in real life. And when you do see them in real life, here are a couple of tips and tricks to get the most out of it. One, collect email addresses. Now don't overcomplicate this, a good old pen and paper works, just make sure you're verifying what they wrote before they leave so that it's actually legible. You can also give them a bounce back coupon to use on your website, encourage them to follow you on social media to stay up to date on what's happening in your business. You can even keep some of your items as online exclusives so they'll want to check out your website after meeting you in person. And don't forget to provide amazing customer service to give them an experience they can't help but tell their friends about. So, how are you feeling right now? Excited? Energized? Overwhelmed? Maybe a combination of all three, and that's totally normal. The trick is to figure out what makes the most sense for your business right now and which you have the resources or can get the resources to implement first. And yes, you'll likely need to do multiple of these to really get to your ultimate goal, but you don't have to do them all at once. And maybe there are going to be certain times of the year where one strategy makes more sense for your business than the others. And if you're not quite sure how to break down when you should focus on what, check out episode 41. That's the setting and accomplishing goals like a badass episode I mentioned earlier. And don't forget that I mentioned a shit ton of other episodes to go deeper into what we talked about today. And those will all be in the show notes for you, but that's a wrap. So have a kick-ass rest of your day. And I will see you on the flip side friend.